Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good morning. Hey. (laughs) Y'all are so awesome. Oh my goodness. It is incredible to be back at Celebration Church. I love y'all. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Carrie and Pastor Stovall for inviting me back. Um, God has given me a message for you this morning around what you speak out of your mouth and how powerful your words are to transform your life and to create your reality. And so I actually want us to start us out this morning um, with you speaking a few words. I'm going to give you about 60 seconds because I'm guessing that there is something that happened to you this week that is worth praising God for. Anybody? Yes? Sometimes, sometimes just the fact that you held on and things didn't get any worse is worth praising God for, amen? So I want you to just say hi to somebody you haven't talked to yet and just ask them, what are you praising God for this week? You got 60 seconds. Wow, Pastor Stovall has y'all trained. Look at this. I didn't have to say anything. Some of y'all sounded so excited. I don't know what's going on over there, but they were like screaming. So I'll just praise God for you, okay? Whatever it was, it sounds like it was good. (laughs) I wanted to start there this morning because, you know, so often we will use our mouths to complain to murmur, to talk about what's wrong, and sometimes God just wants us to notice what's right. And the fact that even though we might be going through something, he is there and he is with us. And the fact that we can speak that out of our mouths is powerful. Now, I feel like I have a lot to praise God for in my life, um, and I realize that my words, in large part, helped me get to the things that I felt God had placed in my heart. Now, some of y'all know my story because you may have heard me speak here before, Um, but I specifically want to just introduce you um, briefly via photos to my family um, because I had a long period of time where I just had doubts about the vision that God had placed in my heart for marriage and family and those those dreams coming to pass for me. I believed it in my heart because God told me that it would happen, but there was a season where I just couldn't see it. Has anyone ever had a season like that when you were believing something and you couldn't see it? And I was so intentional about what I said out of my mouth, even if I was feeling doubtful or feeling like things weren't going to come together, I refused to ever speak that out of my mouth. So my mouth a lot of times didn't match my feelings. But you know what, feelings can be fickle. And so you have to be very intentional and very wise with your words. And sometimes when you will just speak God's truth, your feelings will catch up. But even if your feelings don't catch up, your faith catches up. That's how powerful your words are. And so I want to introduce you to my husband, Jeff, who is up 
with our kids this weekend. That's Jeff. That was us last weekend. Um, Jeff and I uh, got married in 2013. Um, and, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you think you can, like, make things happen or you try to rush God. You ever prayed and told God when, where, how, with whom? Y'all do that? Yeah, sometimes that doesn't work out so well, does it? Um, and w when it came to my story with my husband, some of you might remember that uh, we went to middle and high school together. We never, ever hung out. Um, our, we, our last names were almost the same, the first three letters, so we were always next to the, each other in the yearbook when I, like, went back later. Um, but we grew up in Denver and both ended up living in Atlanta. And in living in my purpose, writing books and speaking, he ran across one of my books at the Atlanta airport because he's a pilot and we ended up reconnecting, realizing we were in the same city, and I don't know, God, sometimes his plans, like how he pulls them together, you couldn't even come up with this stuff. So after um, uh, Jeff, and I, Jeff and I got married, and I got the bonus of his two daughters, so I called them my bonus daughters, and they call me B-mom, that's bonus mom, uh, and so uh, God is so neat, he even allowed me to have bonus daughters with names I had written in my journal well before Jeff ever came into my life. So on the right, I, the name I had in my journal was Sophia Grace, and her name is Sophia Grace. My husband named her Sophia Grace. Um, and that's Addie on the left. One of my other names was Olivia, and her name's Addison Olivia. So they're in fifth uh, and seventh grade, and Jeff and I have a son. God blessed us with a son in 2015. We adopted Alex. <laughs> you can tell Alex has a lot of personality, okay? He's three and a half now, and I have to tell you, I mean, you know, we can have in our minds what we think the vision is, and God can have something that's even better in store. And so while this isn't how I would have imagined 20 years ago my family coming together, these are exactly the children we were meant to raise. God gave me the husband that I was meant to have, and I got to tell you, whatever God's placed in your heart, even when there's a long season when you feel like you can't have it, or you feel like maybe, maybe I was just dreaming, maybe that wasn't really God that I was hearing from. You gotta speak that truth, you gotta speak it. Because when you speak it, you begin to believe it and your faith grows. And it's a bold thing to speak things that are not as though they are. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it takes a lot of boldness and a lot of courage. And I don't know where that fits in your life, but this is what we're diving into today. So um, let's just bow our heads and pray for a moment. God, thank you so much. Just thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for breath. Thank you for bringing us uh, to this place where we can worship you, where we can hear from you. God, I just pray right now that you would use me, that you will speak through me, that I can get out of the way, and that each person that is listening on each campus and in this sanctuary and online, Lord, I pray that they hear from you, that they understand specifically how this message is meant for them, and that they don't just hear it, but they use it, that they walk out of here changed and determined to speak differently, to speak in a way that reflects you and that reflects your promises and reflects your truth, Lord, and that they see the transformation that, that's possible simply by using the tool of their words. God, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
So I am speaking this morning from a very, a scripture just about everybody knows. It's Proverbs 18.21, very simple scripture. But oftentimes the simplest scriptures are the most profound. And it simply says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Your words are powerful. You can speak death into relationships by the words that you speak. You can speak death into your dreams by the words that you speak. But you can also speak life. You can raise up relationships that seemed completely broken. You can heal with the power of your words. You can create belief through the power of your words. And so it is absolutely important that we be intentional about what we say and what we don't say. Now, I'm guessing that you, as you look at your life and you look at your potential future, that you feel like there's something more. Anybody in here feel like there's something more that God has for you? Okay, like half of you, God has something more. The rest of y'all are like, I don't know, seems like he's done, I don't know. Listen, if you are here, God has something more that he is trying to do in you and through you. So if you are alive, if you're listening to this message, there is something more. And if there's something more, part of your job is every single day saying, God, what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to do through me? And how you speak can literally create the reality that you live. Sometimes we get up in the mornings, and I mean, I know some of y'all won't, won't ask you to raise your hands. You just say crazy stuff when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> I love it. He's totally honest. He's like, yeah, I do it. I do it. You know, you wake up complaining. Ugh, again, already. Got to go to this job, deal with these people. These customers always want stuff. You know how you can feel sometimes, and sometimes we end up verbalizing things, and it impacts our entire attitude. Are y'all with me on this? All of us have a purpose, and within that purpose, God creates a vision for our lives. Your purpose answers a very simple question. How is someone's life better? Because they cross paths with you. How is someone's life better when they cross paths with you? I asked for a long time, Lord, what do you have me here for? And about 18 years ago, in the summer of 1999, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, your mission is inspiring others to live more fulfilling lives. You'll do it through writing and through speaking. And I just knew, I just knew when I heard it. I was standing in a bookstore, and I just knew that's it. It was, it was perfect for me. I love to communicate. I love to inspire. But your purpose could have to do with teaching, it could have to do with connecting people, solving problems, you could be great at entertaining. I mean, there's any number of things that you could be here for. But as you're moving towards the vision that God has for you, you have to use every tool that's at your disposal, because as you're moving towards that vision, you're going to face obstacles. There are going to be challenges. Sometimes there are going to be things that are even traumatic that happen, but you have to persevere through them. 
And God gives us multiple tools and ways to persevere. Sometimes it has to do with the relationships that we have. Obviously, we persevere through our faith and through our actions. But we also have to pay attention to the power of our words if we're going to be successful. Successful people speak differently. They speak differently. In the face of challenges and opportunities, the words that come out of their mouths are different. The ways in which they show up are different. And I have found that there are generally three ways that we speak. We speak to God. We speak to him through prayer. We speak to him through our praise, through our thankfulness. And it's important that when we do that, we're intentional. That you're bold enough to believe big enough to pray big. And that we really don't see that as secondary, but that we're willing every single day to just talk to God. The words that we speak in our prayer life really speak to our faith. What we say to God really illustrates what we believe about God and what we believe about what's possible. But we don't just speak to God, we also speak in another way that's extremely significant, and that is we speak to ourselves. Now, this is particularly important because how you speak to yourself can make the difference between whether or not you persevere through a problem or you give up. And a lot of times when we make mistakes, for example, we can speak to ourselves in ways that are very counterproductive. In fact, I don't think a lot of times we even speak to ourselves in the same way that God speaks to us. God forgives us. God has compassion towards us. God gives us grace and mercy. And oftentimes, when we're speaking to ourselves, we're not reflecting what God does. When we don't forgive ourselves, when we beat ourselves up. And I, am I talking to anybody? Anybody here ever beat themselves up over their mistakes? So here's the question. How kind are you to yourself? If you spoke to your best friend the way you speak to yourself, would your best friend still be friends with you? We have to simply practice self-compassion. This is one of the habits of how successful people speak differently. They practice self-compassion, meaning that when they're going through difficulties or they make a mistake, they're very intentional about what they say to themselves about it. They're willing to acknowledge. Let me give you an example. If you are going through something difficult and you feel like beating yourself up and you say things like, I'm so stupid. Why do I always do things wrong? Why can't I get this right? Now, we might not say this to other people, but you can be driving to work beating yourself up. If instead you say, you know, if I was talking to my sister, my brother, or a close friend, and they were going through this same thing, what would I say to them? You'd probably say, you know what, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> this is a really hard situation. You know what, you're still here. You're still here, you're still showing up. I mean, some of y'all are going through some really difficult things right now, and you might have even walked into church beating yourself up about what you did or did not do yesterday or last week, but I gotta tell you something, you showed up here. Amen. You showed up. Give yourself credit for showing up. <laughs> you've continued to move forward. You've continued to show up in the places that can nourish you and help you to find that lifeline that you might need. 
And so we have to understand that even research shows we believe what we say to ourselves about ourselves more than we believe what others say to us about ourselves. So I can look at you and I can tell you how smart you are and how wise you are and how great you are and how talented you are, and you might take it in and you might say thank you, but if you start talking to you and you start telling yourself, you know, you've been through a lot and you've made it through. You know, you've gleaned a lot of wisdom from that. That was a really good decision. (laughs) When you start talking to yourself that way, you believe what you say more than you believe what other people say to you. So think about what that means for your confidence. Confidence is the stuff that turns our thoughts into action. And if you don't have confidence, you won't do the things that God's calling you to do because you won't believe that you can actually do it. So pay attention to what you're saying to yourself. Now, I think a lot of times when we're going through difficulties, the things that we say to ourselves actually create more anxiety. Um, About a little over a decade ago, my father had been um, just going for a routine physical, um, and the doctor was very thorough, and when he took the stethoscope just to listen to his heartbeat, he said, this doesn't doesn't sound normal. I'm going to send you, send him to another doctor. He went to that specialist, and they, they agreed, and they said, look, we're going to do an angiogram. Now, normally you get an angiogram to see if there are blockages um, in your arteries, and, um, but it can, it can check other things as well, and so he went. We um, went to the hospital. He had the angiogram. He came out, and the doctor said to us, um, look, I have good news, and I have bad news. The good news is your arteries are in perfect condition. Like, there are no blockages whatsoever. The bad news is one of your arteries is going to the wrong place. In fact, um, one artery has actually grown to be about three and a half times the normal size to compensate for the other one. And the blood was actually, I can't really explain it well, but the blood was actually flowing like backwards. It was, it was doing something very odd just to keep his heart pumping. And the doctor said, uh, this is highly unusual. Normally, this would kill you while you were a child. We've never seen anyone get to their 50s with this birth defect. We're going to need to do open heart surgery, corrective open heart surgery. So this obviously is a bit of a shock. My father served in the military for 24 years. He had, you know, played sports all throughout his childhood and had never had any problems. No one had ever brought this up before. So a few weeks later, we go uh, to the hospital for the surgery. And the night before, I went and stayed at my dad's and um, so I could, you know, drive him to the hospital and everything. And I was watching these videos they had given us because I wanted to know what, what was he going to have done the next day. And the videos were a little anxiety-producing. You understand, they showed exactly what the surgery was, like this little tiny saw that they had, and they were going to, like, cut through his sternum, and they were going to stop his heart. And I was thinking, I didn't even know it was going to be this bad. And I was feeling pretty full of my faith, but as I watched the video, I was starting to get extremely nervous. And so I came out, I went in the living room, and I was like, Dad, did you watch the video? You know they've got a little tiny saw. He said, I have not watched the video, and I don't plan to watch the video, and I don't want to know what they said in the video. (laughs) He said, I've talked to God about it, and he said, I did not bring you this far to take you now. 
so. He said, I'm just going to stand on that word. That's all I'm saying to myself. He has not brought me this far to take me now. I heard him say that so many times leading up to the surgery. And so the next morning, you know, they prepped him and everything. And as they're getting ready to wheel him off to surgery, I mean, he is cracking jokes. He's smiling. I was like, Dad, you do understand you're about to have heart surgery. He said, he has not brought me this far to take me now. I'll see you in a few hours. I mean, he literally like waved and smiled as he was being wheeled off to open heart surgery. Now, I say that because sometimes you simply have to speak in faith to yourself. And you have to say it out loud because sometimes you don't feel it. But if you say it enough, your feelings will catch up. So you have to pay attention to how you're speaking to yourself and make sure you're speaking words of hope and words of faith and words that are kind. Sometimes you just need to encourage yourself. Sometimes you just need to say, you know what, this is hard. I mean, you've been dealing with some hard stuff. And look at you. You're still persevering. I mean, sometimes just acknowledging it, it like takes a weight off of you to just acknowledge what you're dealing with. Are y'all with me? But sometimes it's not just about speaking positively, but speaking accurately. Sometimes God places situations in front of us, and if we're too positive, we're not paying attention to the grain of truth that might hurt. Do y'all know what I mean? Like we just want to ignore that little thing that maybe God is trying to get us to change, and so just speaking positively isn't going to do it. And this is particularly true when God is trying to grow us in a particular area. And sometimes when he's trying to heal or grow us in a relationship. So you can start out, I think it's good to start out with a sentence like this. I, I hate to admit it, but. <laughs> you know what your but might be. I hate to admit it, but. Yes, yeah, sometimes I really don't listen all that well. I hate to admit it, but. Yeah, maybe I have been too addicted to my technology and. Maybe I could put it down for a minute and give people my full attention. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people around us are saying things to us that we don't like to hear. And sometimes they might even say it in a way that doesn't feel very good. But God gives us an opportunity in that to say, is there a grain of truth in what I'm hearing? Can I speak that grain of truth? Because in relationships, if we're willing to acknowledge where we might be wrong, that means we're willing to be vulnerable, then we open ourselves to real connection. If we only want to talk about what's right and we don't want to acknowledge where we fall short, it's very hard to connect. Have you ever been around people like that? And oftentimes it's our pride or us just trying to make a point, which still is our pride, right? And when we're willing to just take a breath and say, no, that's, that part's true. And you might not even know what to do about it. But that's your opportunity to speak to God. God, can you help me with this? Where do I need to make change? I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> now, let me dig my heels in and figure out what I need to do to grow in the way that I need to grow. Because oftentimes God's trying to take you further along your path towards your vision and there's something that needs to change, don't be afraid to admit it. Don't be afraid. Speak the grain of truth. Now, 
sometimes it's not about speaking to yourself, it's not about speaking necessarily to God, and it's not necessarily about speaking accurately, but sometimes it's about not speaking at all. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. Y'all know what I mean? And it's important to know when it's time to be silent and when it's not. There's a proverb that says, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. There are, I, I just look at the things going on in our country right now, and when I go on social media especially, everybody has an opinion about everything. You know, you don't have to comment on everything. You know that? You can just keep scrolling. Just, just oh, that was interesting. Oh, yeah, oh. No, I'm not getting in that argument. Let me, yeah, let me just keep going. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. You need to understand when you're dealing with foolish conversation that you don't need to engage in. <laughs> because silence can speak volumes. Now, I'm not saying be silent when there is injustice. <laughs> Sometimes just being able to say, no, I don't agree with that. You don't even have to go into it. No, I think that's wrong. Sometimes people need to hear you acknowledge that their pain is actually happening. So I'm not talking about being quiet when there's, when there's really something that you need to at least let people know, hey, I'm with you. You understand what I'm saying? But oftentimes we get into so much foolishness, divisiveness, trying to prove a point, judging in fact, if you ever get stuck in a conversation where you feel like, you know what, their viewpoint is so off base, I just, ugh. You ever feel like that about somebody? Ugh. Make the decision not to judge and turn your judgment to curiosity. If you'll just step back for a moment and rather than being judgmental, say, that's an interesting perspective. What makes you feel that way? And then just listen. You don't even have to agree with them, but by listening, you open up conversation and dialogue. And I am telling you something. If the church could open up conversation and dialogue so that we stop yelling at each other and name-calling and blaming and start actually having real conversation, then maybe we could have some healing. But we have to turn our judgment into curiosity, and that takes empathy. That takes us being willing to say, you know what, I don't know how you feel. But I'm willing to be curious enough to ask and to listen and to believe that maybe your life experience really is different from mine. But when we ask, we have to be quiet and listen. Sometimes we're so busy trying to talk and trying to get our point across Sometimes we're with people and all they need is to know that we care. And they know that we care because we're willing to listen. We're willing to be fully focused on them, which says you're important. You know, we live in a world today where very few people ever really feel heard. They very rarely feel heard. My background is as a coach, as a life coach. And so much of coaching is just asking powerful questions and being there to let that person explore what their answers is. I'm not the expert on your life. You're the expert on your life. But if I can ask you the right questions, you can start to get the kinds of answers that you need that can move you forward. But you can't get those answers if I'm just talking and talking and talking. We need to help people feel heard. When that happens, we have real 
Connection. Real connection. And then sometimes what we really need is to do something, I call it flipping the script. But there are people in your life that when they say or do certain things, basically they know that they can just push your buttons and get a reaction. I mean, and sometimes they just keep pushing that same button and you keep doing the same thing and saying the same thing whenever they push that button. And some of y'all are laughing because you might be sitting next to the person that pushes your buttons and you're like, I'm not gonna say anything, but yeah, Valerie, I know exactly what you're talking about. You might have that person at work, they know how to push your buttons. You might have somebody in your life, they manipulate by pushing your buttons. You are at peace, you're having a joyful day. And they're like, oh, look at her. She looks so happy. And they just intentionally say something just to break up your peace. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. People cannot break up your peace or steal your joy unless you give them permission to do it. And so sometimes what you need to do is you need to deactivate some buttons. They push the button and then you just don't give them the response they're used to. Just look at them. You can even smile at him. <laughs> Aren't you going to say something? No. <laughs> I'm having a good day, and I'm going to continue <laughs> to have a good day. You be blessed, and you have a good day, too. <laughs> we have to deactivate buttons. When I was when I was doing the research for Speak Differently, I came across a word I'd never heard, a psychological term called complementarity. And all this means is that basically we mirror what other people do and say to us. So if you encounter anger, you're more likely to respond in a way that's negative, right? And then you just keep bouncing back off of each other. But you can break the cycle by creating something new, and then they're mirroring back to you. So if they, you know, they're coming at you angry and you're coming at them in a pleasant way, it's kind of awkward to just keep being angry when the other person won't respond, right? It's called complementarity. So there's a story I'm gonna read to you as we, uh, as we get ready to close up that is just, to me, is just amazing, and it demonstrates this whole idea of flipping the script in a very dramatic way, all right? And it, it's a story that I heard on the NPR program, Invisibilia. On a warm summer evening in Washington, D.C., a group of eight friends was celebrating life and recent milestones over hors d'oeuvres at a backyard dinner party. It was like a magical night, as Michael, who attended with his wife and teenage daughter, described it. While standing next to his wife, enjoying the evening, he suddenly saw a long-barreled handgun between them. A man had stealthily crashed the party, first pointing the gun at a friend and then turning it to Michael's wife directly at her head. He demanded money and aggressively threatened to start shooting if they didn't comply. Everyone stood in shock. Even worse, none of them had any cash on them. They began scrambling for what to say to defuse the situation. Even though his expletive-laced demands, even though those demands uh, continued, Michael says the robber looked anxious and nervous. Maybe they could somehow say something to prevent this nightmare from becoming a tragedy. They decided to try guilt. We asked, what would your mother think of you? Michael recalled, hoping it would guilt the gunman into changing his mind. Instead, it seemed to escalate the behavior. 
Things became tenser. He, be, he became more agitated as he yelled back, I don't have a mother. Things seemed to be moving toward an end no one wanted. That's when a friend at the table named Christina made an offer. It was counterintuitive and probably made out of sheer desperation. Look, she said calmly, we're here celebrating. Why don't you have a glass of wine and sit down? Michael describes it as a switch. You could feel the difference, he recalled. It was definitely the right thing to say. Suddenly, the man's face changed. They poured him a glass of wine. He tasted it and remarked how good it was. They offered him something to eat. He sat down. He put the gun in his pocket. And soon after, he murmured under his breath, I think I've come to the wrong place. They offered words of understanding, and in his reflection in the quietness and oddness of the situation, he made a request. He said something so strange, Michael explained. He asked for a hug. They all hugged him. Then he said, I'm sorry, and walked out with a glass of wine in his hand. Now, hopefully none of us ends up in a situation quite so dire, but I want us to think about the power of flipping the script, of doing the opposite of what we might feel inclined to do, of finding ways to respond with love and with kindness in the face of hate and ugliness. I want you to think in your own life about the ways in which you might just be following what someone else is mirroring rather than leading by mirroring God's behavior and what God might say or do in certain situations. Others will mirror you, but you have to lead and break the cycles of negativity, of hatred, of ugliness. We cannot simply respond in kind to people. We are to be different. We are believers. We are ambassadors for Christ. And that requires responding differently, speaking differently, showing up differently. And let me tell you something, one of the most important ways that we can speak differently is simply by fully and, and completely showing up and being present with where we are. Sometimes it's flipping the script, but even in that, we have to be fully present with where we are, tuned in, not just seeing the outward facade, but seeing people through spiritual eyes. Not just seeing things in the natural, because the truth of the matter is hurting people hurt people. And so if God puts you in a situation, oftentimes he's putting you there because he wants you to be able to stop that cycle and you can stop it through your words. Words are so powerful. In your life right now, I want you to begin thinking about the ways in which God wants you to speak just through your presence. <laughs> you can bring peace to your environment through your presence through the power of God at work in you. Do you know that? Some of you, when you show up to work on Tuesday, I want you to just literally say, you know what? I'm here to have a presence that is joy, that is peace, that is wisdom. 
It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. I'm going to have a presence that impacts the atmosphere, that speaks to the atmosphere that God has placed me in. And you know what? We can't do that when we're constantly distracted. You know, technology is good in many ways. But you know what? The enemy can use it to distract us from the divine assignments that we've been given from day to day. I want you to start really showing up and being present where you are. I mean, like, when you get in the car to go home today, like, put the phone in your purse or put it under your seat and really listen. It's so easy for us to miss the present by being online and being engaged with things that are not right in front of us but elsewhere. But when you begin to speak in ways that speak to a person spiritually, not just in the natural, but spiritually, heart to heart, it's amazing what God can do in you and through you. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we just come to you this afternoon just saying, you are so good. Lord, help us to speak differently, Lord, to understand the power of our words as a tool, as a tool to operate in our purpose, in the unique divine assignments that you've given us. Lord, to walk towards the vision that you have for our lives. Lord, help us to use our words to heal relationships, God. Help us use our words to build up the people in our lives and not tear them down. Lord, Lord, help us to use our words to build up ourselves where we might feel broken, where we've been too hard or, or just beaten ourselves up too much. Lord, help us to speak to ourselves the way you speak to us, God. Help us to forgive ourselves for where we've fallen short and encourage ourselves for how we need to move forward. God, help us to understand that the power of life and death is in our tongue. Help us to speak more life today, tomorrow. Lord, every day of our lives, help us to remember the power that we have to speak truth, to speak goodness, to speak kindness, and to create a reality that reflects you. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you for every soul that's sitting here, every soul that's listening on every campus and online. Help us, Lord, to use our words for your glory. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so very much. Celebration. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.